Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb, his wife, was also dead. Yet, say yet. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta have a yet. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to say that, but... You need to have a yet in your life when your body is as good as dead, when hope seems to be as good as dead. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had, you got to be fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he has promised. The power to do what he has promised. I have an announcement to make. He has the power and he is willing. And he is with you. His last words, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. He's with you. I'm going to preach this morning on the topic of, I love this. This is probably my favorite title ever. Faith it till you make it. Yeah. Turn to the person next to you as you are seated and say, Faith it, faith it till you make it. it. Faith it till you make it, brother. <laughs> it's a, a sign that Diamond, did, did you pick it out? My, my mom bought this, this sign and put it. In, uh, in our living room and I, I wrote this sermon and I had a different title and I always like to read my sermons to Diamond just to make sure they're okay you know, <laughs> nothing too like, embarrassing or anything like that because uh, you tell her what I'm going to say okay, I hope you know that, right? <laughs> maybe not every time, but most of the time and, and I had a different title and she's like, no, 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 I have the perfect title for you and I said, that's it faith it till you make it uh, so we're in part two of this series called Give Me Faith. If you weren't here last Sunday, please listen online to the, to the sermon on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It, it, was, it was really powerful. A lot of people gave me great feedback about that sermon. And so uh, today we're going to learn about uh, the father of our faith, Abraham. Anyone ever struggle with their faith? I, I have. Uh, a lot of times around the holidays, it, it, you know, like you, you lose your, like you have this great Christmas message that, that is preached at this church or from Joel Olstein or whoever, uh, but yet what you see doesn't necessarily uh, look like what the pastor was talking about. And uh, right, right after our Christmas service, our family went down to uh, Seaford, Delaware. As uh, you guys know, Seaford, Delaware, they just got a, uh, a Walmart in a 20-mile radius about five years ago. Uh, it, it, is, it is the tiniest little town you've ever seen. This is where my parents grew up. I, I like look at my dad, like Hollywood. I'm like, you came from Seaford, Delaware, Hillbilly Central? I mean, just, just pickup trucks and, and, and Golden Corrals is all that they have. In Seaford, Delaware. And so we went down there and, and we had the kids and I told them I'd give you two nuts. Two nuts. That's all I got in me. Two nuts. And, and so we, we went down to see the family and it was great seeing the family. And we were looking for something to do one night. 
And uh, my, my Uncle Bill, who's not here, uh, he, he's, oh, maybe he'll be watching online, let's hope so. We're praying for Uncle Bill. We're praying for a miracle with Uncle Bill. And, and we were saying, Uncle Bill, uh, uh, what, what, what's good to do around here and nut for the kids? And he's like, man, there's this uh, great antique train that, uh, you know, all the kids is very popular down here in Daryl. Very, very popular. Not in Newark, but in Newark, Delaware. Because Jersey, we say, it's, it's Newark, New Jersey. In Delaware, it's Newark. Because everyone's slower. Slower in Delaware. And, and so we, we were down in Newark, Delaware. And, and wait, all right, let's go check out this uh, this train set. So we, we buy the tickets. And... These tickets to, to go on the train, $15 a person. Like, my gosh, I thought things were cheaper in Delaware. Like, 15 bucks? I want to go see Star Wars in 3D for 15 bucks. I'm not going on a, a, an antique train, but, you know, it's for the kids, of course. So the kids, you know, when they get to go on a train, this is going to be awesome. It's frigid outside, freezing cold. Ask, is there heat on the train? Of course not. It's an antique train. No, 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 heat? What are you, crazy? We're in Delaware. We, we, we man it out in Delaware. So we, we get on this antique train, and I, I'm looking at this train when we get there, and it's packed. I mean, it's, it's like you could barely even get a ticket to go on this antique train ride in Delaware. This is like the thing to do in Delaware. What do you want to do tonight, honey? Let's go on the antique train ride. And we, I'm looking at the train, and I'm thinking like antique train, like, like industrial revolution style. This is like a train from the 90s. I'm like, what? Antique train. And I walk in and, and it's like the, the smell of, of like beef and cheese. Like, like I was like getting on my like high school freshman bus with like the cushions that are all torn up and everything and, and, and just like elementary school kids everywhere. Just, just like screaming out of order, got my toes stepped on like 15 times. Judas screaming, Lily's crying, but they're on a train ride. It's supposed to be fun. This is a family event. Family is fun. Not always. Not always. And so I'm like, all right. So, so we're on the train. We're finally settled. And and then Uncle Bill is like arguing with me, like where our seats are. I'm like, Uncle Bill, our seats are right here. We're 15A. And he's like trying to. I'm like, Uncle Bill. Stubborn, stubborn Uncle Bill. These are our seats. So we get in our seats, and we're off on the train. And we're looking out the window. Can't see anything out the window. Maybe saw like, like a couple lights like way off in the distance. And I'm like, what? What are we doing? Is, is this? We're on a train ride. And then, then 15 minutes later, the train stops. I'm like, oh, remember when I get out? Go and get some Christmas lights. Get some Christmas cookies. You know, maybe something. The train stops. Then guess what we do? We go backwards. 15 minutes. I'm like, are you kidding me, Uncle Bill? You just, I, I paid 85 bucks for all you people to go on a train to nowhere. Nowhere. 45 minutes of my life smelling like beef and cheese in a 1995 school bus upholstered train. Come on, man. Freezing cold. And they charged our credit card twice, too, by the way, which I just put me over the edge. I, I was like, honey, you have to handle this one because I will be cursing my head off at this person. I'm sorry. God, give me grace. But... I'm like, all right, so I was telling Diamond this story, and then 
at the end, I'm going somewhere with this. Isn't that how faith feels all the time? <laughs> like you're on a train nowhere. <laughs> like God, give me faith, and you feel like you're going in the right direction, and then all of a sudden, you stop and you start going backwards. Isn't that how it feels so often walking? This is how Abraham felt, isn't it? You read the story. God comes to Abraham and, and says, you're going to have many sons. You know the song, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just raise our hands. That's like, that's like weird, like homeschool pastor's kid songs that we have to learn. Uh, who, who knows what I'm talking about? You're, you're weird. You're very weird people. I know. If this is your first time here, be thankful that you don't know what I'm talking about. But this guy, Father Abraham, real person. And when he was 75 years old, God came to him and said, Abraham, I'm calling you out of what you're comfortable in. I'm calling you out of your hometown. And I want you to go to a land that I'm going to give to you. And I'm going to show you. Just, get, just leave not even knowing where you're going. And Abraham did that. On the way, Abraham went through some things, man. He went through moments where he was separated from his only family that he knew. His, his, his nephew, Lot, he was separated from. For a painful moment for Abraham. He also fell multiple times. He lied to say that his, his wife, Sarah, was actually his sister so that she could go and sleep with an Egyptian king so Abraham wouldn't get killed. He, he was a liar. He slept with his, his, his maidservant, Hagar, had a baby named Ishmael. Ish. He had issues. He <laughs> fell and failed so many times. And yet he's the father of of our faith because faith doesn't mean you don't fail failing is part of the faith walk but you get back up God calls you not based on your position but based on your potential and that's what he did for Abraham but what I love about Abraham he didn't let his past experiences stop him from believing the promise that God spoke in his life so many people driving around looking at all these people with the snow. They don't clear it off their windows. They don't know where they're driving. They, got, they, didn't, they didn't warm their car up. They got you know, frost all on their windshield. I can't see where they're going. A lot of people, you have grime and grit from your past on your windows, and you cannot see the future that God has for you while you still got all that grit and grime on your windows. God has a bright future ahead of, uh, of you, but you have to wash your windows. Yeah. That's another sermon. It's called power washing. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. But what I want to talk to you about this morning, I want to give you three, three things that we could glean from in Abraham's life about how to walk out this life with faith. How to, how to not give up. How to persevere. And there's three things that Abraham did that I want to show you. The first one. Say number one. Number one. I got to face it. Say face it. Face it. Amen. There's a scripture. Without weakening in his faith, Abraham, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. There is this, this whole mentality, I think, that, that goes on in, in, in Christian circles that, that faith is denying what you're going through. 
that you can't be honest about what you're going through. If you speak what's really going on, then you don't have faith. No, 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 no. You are living in denial. Faith is not living in denial. Abraham's not living in denial. He faced the facts. Sometimes you got to face the facts. You can't overcome it unless you own it. You can't just bury your head and not admit what you're going through. Sucks. Abraham knew, I'm a hundred years old. My, my day is over. We don't have little blue pills down here in Canaan. And my wife, that ship has sailed a long time ago. This ain't happening. You have to face it. It's not oh all gosh. good. And, and we, we preach positive, yes. But not everything is positive. I mean, there, there are some people who, who have been sexually abused. It's not all good. There are people in this church that, that have a felony on their record and they can't get a job. It's not all good. People didn't grow up with a father and, and they're jaded because it's not all good. And you have to own it in order to overcome it. God doesn't want you yeah, to just no. bury your head in the sand. You have to face it. Abraham faced the facts. But you know, this is the thing. You're waiting on people, faith people, too often on deliverance when God wants you to have discipline. God, you're in debt and you're waiting on a check from God. It's not coming. God wants you to put a plan together to pay off your debts because he wants you to take part in his miracle of provision. Faith is not waiting on a check. Faith is action. Faith is putting a plan together. It, it is facing the fact that the reason I'm bankrupt is because I can't manage money well. The reason that, that I'm, I'm lonely right now isn't because God's got me in a lonely season right now. It's the fact that maybe I have bad relational skills and a bad attitude and I don't treat people well. And that's the reason why I'm in a lonely season. It's not them. It's me. And once I can face the facts, then faith can fix it. But you have to face it first. Faith can't fix what you don't face. And a lot of you need to face yourself. You need to look in the mirror and say, it's me, not them. God, I need to stop praying for them and start praying for me. I got to stop blaming my parents, stop blaming my friends, stop blaming this teacher or that person and say, you know what? What can I do to help change my life? And when you do that, God will anoint that and he will grow that faster than you ever could do in the natural. But you have to take the first step. Do I hear it? This sermon is going to offend you and then it's going to help you. But going into 2018, you've got to face yourself. Yeah. And then faith will do what you can't do. Yeah. Number two, you've got to face it, and then you've got to faith it. In the message version, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence, his weakness, and say it's hopeless. This 100-year-old body can never father a child. He didn't tiptoe around God's promises, asking skeptical questions, but he plunged into the promise. Sure, God would make good on what he said. Yeah. See, you could face the facts and not focus on them. Because faith 
says, God, I know what you said is not what I'm seeing right now. But faith is believing God's promise over the facts that you're facing in your life right now. He faced it. He owned it. But he put not his hope in what he could do, but what on God could do. Question, what do you do when what you see doesn't line up with what God said? What do you do when the preacher preaches about joy and you go home still depressed? Any real people in here? I hope so, because I want to preach to real people. When, when, when there's joy being preached, but I go home, I'm still depressed. Preacher talks about peace, and I go home, and there's turmoil, and there's fighting, and there's cursing, and there's eye-rolling teenagers that I want to smack across the face, but I can't, but I want to. And I know that the Bible says to train up your children in the way that they should go, and I know that, but they might not ever get old because I'm going to kill them because they're crazy, and I'm getting frustrated because what I'm seeing does not line up with what God is saying. What do you do in those moments? Those are the moments where you face the facts, but you faith it anyway. I can face what I'm going through, but I have faith in a greater God who is greater than my feelings and greater than the facts that I am facing. I don't deny what I'm going through, but I submit my authority to a greater power. That's faith. Face it and faith it. I can face the fact that I have cancer and I gotta go through chemo, and I gotta go through surgery, I can face that, but I can still have faith that my God is a healer, and he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. I can face the facts that I, I have an addiction, and I did fall again, and I have hurt a lot of people on my way down. I can face that, but I can still have faith in God's word, that he is still a deliverer and a restorer, and my life isn't finished, that God still has a plan for me, and he will give me double honor for my shame, because I can face it and faith it. That's what we got to do. Face the facts, but not lose the faith. Every time you come to a service here, I pray that you can hear a message that will lift up your perspective beyond what you are seeing in your life right now. Yes. That when you come in here and you hear the worship and you hear the preaching, that it may be real and it may make you look at yourself a little bit differently, but it will at the end of the day lift up your perspective to see beyond what you are facing in this yes. moment. On, That's what this church is here for. So many people give up their faith so quickly. Satan tries to get you to look at what's right in front of your face so you can't see what God has coming in the next season of your life. And he plants these seeds of doubt in your head and these weeds of frustration and these these weeds of hopelessness where we say things like, why do I even bother? <laughs> why, why, why do I even try? Why do I even have this New Year's resolution? Why do I even try to have a relationship with the Lord? Why do I even try to, to talk with my kids or go out looking for a job? It's just been this way so long and, 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 and you're never going to get it together and you think you're ever going to own a home. You've got so many student loans. You've got debt beyond debt. You're never going to own your own home. You think, 
You think you're ever going to lose weight? How many times have you tried to lose weight? Every time Amen. you lose five pounds, you gain ten pounds back because you can't control yourself. You can't go to the gym and, 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 and do those moves like those people can do those moves. Are you kidding me? That's not you. You're always going to be this way. You're always going to be alone. No one's ever going to love you. Why even go to church? Everyone's just going to judge you anyhow. They know what you did. Look at the way you look. That church isn't for you. Just go out and do your old thing. Just do what you've always done because some things are never going to change. And those seeds will be planted in your head by the adversary who wants you to stay where you are forever and never believe God for anything more than what you have already experienced. But when you came here this morning, your faith is boosted this morning. I, I believe that you are bubbling inside of yourself right now that God still has a plan beyond what you are seeing. Even when it seems like there is no progress in your life. What do you do? I'll tell you what you do. Number three, my favorite point. What do you do when it doesn't seem like there's any progress in your life whatsoever? You believe God for so long. You've heard sermon after sermon after sermon. You know the songs and yet no progress. What do you do? You do what Abraham did and faith it till you make it. Faith it till you make it. And Abraham had God come to him when he was 75 years old. And God said, you're going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to bless your seed and it's going to be multiplied more than the, the sand of the seashores, Abraham. See, faith is not a moment. Faith is a journey. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a decision that you make for the rest of your life. That no matter what, this is how I live, this is where I stand, come hell or high water, I'm going to faith it till I make it. I'm not giving up on God, I'm not going to give up on the promises that he has put in my life, I'm not going to give up on my marriage, I'm not going to give up on my kids, I'm not going to give up on beating this addiction, I'm not going to give up on knowing that I'm going to buy a house one day and I'm going to own my own car and I'm going to get out of debt, I'm not going to give up no matter if the transmission goes or this comes out of nowhere, I'm going to faith it till I make it, no matter what God is with me, he's going to strengthen me for this season of my life. I know it, I didn't see it coming in my life, but God saw it coming. I'm going to faith it till I make it. And that's what Abraham did. 75 years old, God comes to him and says, you're going to have a baby. And uh, if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, you better turn me into like Benjamin Buttons or something, God, because I'm 75, or you better give me that Dr. Oz magic cream or something, or do this right away, because I ain't getting any younger. Anyone ever said that to God before? <laughs> I ain't getting any younger. I mean, God, come on. I mean, everyone ever I mean, look at the calendar and be like, holy cow, it's been that long? Like, I, I looked at the calendar. I'm like, I'm going to be married 10 years next month? Because when you're so in love, you just fly. <laughs> <laughs> work it, boy, work it. You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> he was like, yes, just yesterday, baby. <laughs> All right, focus. <laughs> She'd sit on the front row, you distract me sometimes. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11, says... We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very 
end. Say to the very end. Very <laughs> don't stop. In order to make your hope sure, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and faith and right patience doesn't happen overnight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> always one, always one. But the wait will be worth your while. Abraham, no progress. I mean, he's 99 now. Yeah. 99. I would say he's moved backwards. Yeah. Like the train. Like he thought he was going somewhere. Now was 99, no baby. Like this is not happening, God. I'm 99, and God comes to him again. But don't automatically you possess, you do not automatically possess what God promises. We're not talking about a 100-year-old having a baby today. We're talking about you and your family and what God has promised you and what God said that he was going to do for you. And so often we don't see the progress based off of what God has promised, and that's the way it is so often. But real faith is walking out in obedience to God even when you don't see any progress. 25 years, no baby, doesn't matter. It's not about the promise as much as it is about the promise or. Yes. And one of the reasons why God doesn't give you what you're praying for right away is because he doesn't want this relationship to be based off of him giving you everything that you want whenever you want. He wants this to be a relationship. He wants to grow you. He wants to strengthen you. If I got everything that I wanted when I would, was praying for it in that moment, man, I'd be praying all the time. I'd never stop praying. But God's not a genie God. He's a gardener God. He wants you to plant the faith that you have so he can garden it and grow it even when the roots are going low. You don't see any progress on top. That's who God is. Is he's a gardener, but he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. God is more interested in your obedience than the results. Obedience is your job. Results is God's job. You just be faithful in what you're doing. You just be faithful to God's word. What God is, is putting in your heart to go. You be faithful in that. God will bring the results to you. You do what you can. You serve with passion. You serve with integrity. You love those kids. You speak life over those kids. You love your wife. You buy your wife flowers if your marriage is struggling. Don't pray to God, God, fix my marriage. You go out, buy some flowers, get a car, put a nice shirt on, take her out to a nice steak dinner or something, and let God do what you can, but do what you can. Right here, from, from, from the women out there, come on. Alright, I'm, I'm almost done. But faith doesn't come, and God's promises don't come with a date on the calendar, do they? <laughs> Abraham, when he was 99 years old, he, he starts praying to God, and God says, I'm still going to give you that baby. And Abraham laughs. Ah! Oh! <laughs> I don't know if it's like that, but that's how I, I see it. Oh, God, you get up. Oh, come on, look at me. I'm a wrinkly old raisin over here. Saint happening, God. But little did he know, we're going to read the end of the story in just a minute, that 
when Abraham was 100 years old, he had his son Isaac. That moment when he was 99 years old laughing at God. I got a feeling that that seed was already in Sarah's belly. And she was already pregnant. And he was laughing at the miracle that God was going to do. But he had no idea that the baby was already in her belly. Yeah. Or months away from it. I hate exercising. <laughs> Anyone relate to that? I do it. I do it. No. But because I, I feel like I have to. You know, like I got to keep up, right? You know, and sometimes I get discouraged up on the scale. And, and I, I always just stay the same. Like I may get a little like softer and stuff, but I always, my weight always stays the same. I gained weight this Christmas. Couldn't believe it. Told Diamond, I called her in a panic. I said, honey, I gained weight. This is not good. I got to get to the gym. And then I said to, to Telly, I said, you want to go to the gym? Yesterday. He said, no. <laughs> I hate it. I, I don't like exercising. I play baseball my whole life. I exercise like every day of my life for 10 years. Like I'm over it. But I know that I have to do it. And I'll tell you what I hate more than anything is when they do those timed exercises. Like the plank, remember? Two minute plank, are you kidding me? I give you 30 seconds, tops. But like, like these time, I hate them. But, but the only thing that gets me through is knowing how much time I have left. Like tell me when I'm halfway through. Tell me, give me the countdown, baby. Give me the, the start at 30. Like, like, give me the 30-second countdown because I need to know when this is going to be over. Can anyone relate to me? Yeah. Yeah. Life doesn't work like that, does it? No. Like, God, how much longer do I have left? How much longer am I going to be in this fight? How many more times do I have to fall and fail? How many sleepless nights am I going to have before this promise manifests in my life? And if I knew, it would be a lot easier, but I feel so weary and I feel like giving up. But God, if you could just tell me how much longer I have left, I would be able to get through this. But right now, I feel like giving up. I feel like just, just throwing it all in because I don't know how long this is going to take. Maybe it's just me. But that's one of the, the biggest struggles that I have in my life. One of the things that, that God has been ministering to me, trying to get me to do, is to treat every single day like this could be the day. This could be the day that what I promised you is going to manifest. And every single day when I wake up, believe God, this is the day. This is the day I get that phone call from, from, my, from my son who, who hasn't talked to me in years. This could be the day that finally I get that financial breakthrough. This could be the day that finally that door opens up for me. This could be the day. And one day, you'll be right. Yep. But I'm going to treat every day like this could be that day. And, and starting off this year... I was so excited. I, I actually, this is a miracle, I preached on New Year's Eve night. I was a little delirious, I'm not going to lie. I rambled for about an hour at that tabernacle of glory. I felt terrible, but they said it was good, but I think they were just being nice. And, and I, I went on and, and on, and I got in the car, and, and, and we, we, we all prayed together that this was going to be the year that, 
that God was going to give us a, a, our own building. And this is going to be the year that, that we see families restored and this church double in size again. This is the year and we prayed and, and the spirit was moving in that service. And then I, I walked right out those doors and, and I'm in the car listening to worship music with my mom. And then Phyllis Dean calls me and and I ignored her call because I'm like, why is Philistine calling me at 12.05 right now? Like this, you know, it must be a, like a butt dial or something. And, and then all of a sudden, Mary calls me. And, and then I think I forwarded that call. What did she must have done? Uh, butt dialed me too. And, and then I, I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden I get a text. The office is on fire. And, and, and April Fool's? <laughs> no. no, no, it's not. And I, I call Phyllis back, and she's like, yeah, firemen are in your office. There's flames everywhere, and there's smoke everywhere. Every fire truck in Monmouth County is over <laughs> at your office. And immediately, like, I'm, I'm panicked. I'm totally panicked. And, and I run. I get in the car. I don't know where my mom is. She was, like, talking with Judy Grabowski somewhere. I don't know. I was like, Mom, you know, answer your phone. She's not answering. I'm going to go there by myself. So I go over to the office, and the whole way over there, I'm just like having an out with God. I'm like, God, you have got to be kidding me. New Year's Eve, and, and this is how I, I just preach. I just preach. I'm doing the will of the Father, and this is what I get. God, any other office, like like on the other side of the building is like a massage parlor. You can let that one go up and find you. <laughs>
given up. Faith it till you make it. It's been 10 years. Faith it till you make it. Amen. One more scripture. And the worship team, you guys, you guys should already been up here by now. <laughs> That's all right. Hebrews chapter 10. You need to persevere. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need to persevere. You need to persevere. Glory to God. So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You need to persevere. And when you have done the will of, the, of God, you will receive what he has promised. In just a little while. I love that. Just a little while. Can you just hang in there just a little bit longer? Can you? What if it's a year? Could you do it a year? Two years? Because I'm going to faith it. I'm going to faith it. Come on, you can do better. I'm going to faith it. See who is coming. He will not delay. He's rarely early. He's never late. He's always right on time. Just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that you should stop now. I can't tell you how many times I do not want to get up here and preach. I wish Rick Hankins could preach my sermon for me because the notes are good. <laughs> but I just don't feel like it. And, and that was, come on, like, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, nobody's going to show up today. We had a fire. Then we sent out an email to everybody to let them know that about the fire and everything's going to be okay. And then we we're getting emails back, oh my gosh, is there no church on Sunday? And <laughs> <laughs> sent a clarifying email, no, House of Independence is fine. Covered in the blogs, House of Independence went up with plans. No. No. I'm like, I, I don't feel, I don't feel like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it. But faith is more than a feeling. Yes. And so it's a decision that you make in moments like this. Doesn't matter how I feel, I will not stop. Doesn't matter how I feel, I will not give up on the calling that God has put in Hallelujah. my life. Because yes. this may be the Sunday. I said, this is what I said. This could be the Sunday that someone who is far from God, someone who is about to kill themselves this weekend, is coming into this church and they need a word from the Lord to change and save their life. And I am the vessel that God is going to use for that. So I can't let my feelings stop me from living in faith. We're not going to stop, church. Stand to your feet. And, and our, our, our phones are different. And I don't know what you've been praying for for this year. And I'm going to just put out a challenge to you right now, okay? Everybody listen, you're putting on your coats, bundling up, because you're going to get out of here, like right up, right close. Everybody up here. Somewhere in your house, whether it's on a mirror, whether it's on a notebook, whether it's on your refrigerator, wherever you look, you write on that, faith it till I make it. And every single time, what you see does not look like what God has promised to you. What you're facing looks overwhelming. You look at, I'm going to faith it till I make it. And I 
will make it. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He is the author and finisher and perfecter of our faith. And he is the author and finisher of your life. Before you were ever born, God set you apart for a specific calling. And he put in you when he made you every gift and everything that you're going to need to fulfill that calling. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. We talked about it last week. He will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But God is faithful. And with every temptation, he will always make a way of escape. He is with you, and he will strengthen you through this. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and receive communion as a church. Uh, first Sunday of the year, we wanted to do this. And as the, the ushers are, are distributing the, the communion elements, uh, let's just worship in the presence of the Lord and, and kind of reflect on maybe what you're going through, what God is speaking to you right now.
So, uh, Anthony, you take the mic and lead us. Quite some time ago, uh, and I, I don't remember if I told this here or not, uh, I was going in my closet and uh, I picked out a suit that used to be Dewey's, Pastor Dewey's, and uh, I put the jacket on and I kind of walked into my bedroom and I looked in the mirror and I, it was a suit that he had actually preached in and so I was just kind of in it and I was remembering just the good times. It's and by the way, we're not guests here anymore. I've been coming to this church for 20 years. So I think a guest thing is over. Um, said some crazy stuff from over here, so I think that guest thing's over. Um, but I was, I was just remembering some of the great times that we had together. And I got some stories on him, too. I'm going to share them one of these days. Um, but I was just remembering the good stuff, you know. And God whispered in my ear, and he said, you know, I did that for you, too. I gave you something that you could touch and feel and remember me. Remember all the stuff that I did for you. And it's this community. So do me a favor. Let's you peel back that first little layer and grab that wafer. Rub that wafer in your fingers. Jesus said, this is my body. He gave it for us. So that we could have all kinds of great things. Healing, power, strength, the Holy Spirit. He, he gave himself so that we could live, have eternal life. Go ahead and eat that. Something physical that we could touch and feel. It's a beautiful gift. To peel back that second one. That little grape juice. Thank God it's not that bad wine that they serve. Catholic Church, I took that thing one time, I was choked. <laughs> Good Lord. He said, this is my blood. Blood of the new and everlasting covenant. It's our guarantee. what sets it apart from everything else all the other religions he gave for us so that we could have eternal life not stuff that we had to do one of our pastors back home says it's not your fault that he did it it's not your fault he did it because he loves you take that drink community is a beautiful time I'm happy to be here to celebrate uh 40 years of ministry. 40 years of ministry. I had no idea that this young man was going to turn out to be who he was. Joe, you remember when uh, you guys came and picked me up at the hotel now? Gary Carter introduced us in 1997. Isaac was about this big. And uh, he preached a great word, man. I'm so thankful for what God has done here and what he's doing here. We love you guys. Give God the praise and glory. Yeah. Let's just bow our heads right now as we close. Father, we thank you for this word of faith that you imparted in us today, Father. I pray that it went down into good soil, Lord God. I pray that no devil in hell will snatch it out. That the heat and the intensity of adversity will not dry it up. 
that the weeds and thorns will not overtake it, but that we will plant it in good soil. Father, I pray for anyone in here this morning right now that, that came in here losing their faith, ready to give up their faith. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that this word resonated with them. That God, if you could bring forth a baby to a hundred-year-old man, you surely can deliver me from what I am facing right now. Father, I pray that that faith will be ignited once again inside of us, Lord God. That hope will again rise for us, Lord God. That we can begin to see once again that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That we are not being overcome by darkness, but there is one who will stand in the midst of darkness. He is the one who will meet us in lion's den. He will meet us in fiery furnaces. He is the one who gave his life for us, who was beaten and whipped and took the punishment for us. He, is, he loves us and will never stop loving us. And he is with us in this fire and in this storm. And he is a deliverer. Father, I pray this morning that once again we'll put our faith in you. Our faith is in you. We face the facts, but our faith is in you. Ignite us once again, Lord God. We thank you and we will give you all the glory and all of the praise. Our life is a testimony to you. What we are going through right now is going to turn into a testimony for you, Father God. Use the fires and the, and the fights and the adversity in our life and, and everything that is going on right now that is trying to get us to stop and give up and go back, Lord God. I pray, Father, that strength will arise within us once again, Father God, and that no matter what, we're going to face it till we make it. And we will make it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap. If you would, God bless you. Enjoy uh, your lunch. And uh, we'll see you either tonight or this week or next Sunday. God bless.